What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or standard third row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together learn more about the all-new hyundai santa fe at hyundaiusa.com what's poppin logan murdoch here roger bill there that is our third intro but it's going to be the one that counts how you doing rock chilling how are you uh i've seen better days (laughs) <laughs> and so is my podcasting equipment. It's okay, man. We so, gotta play uh, through. We gotta play through, man. Just like uh, Dylan Brooks right now, who is out here. See, you see, talking. You see the I'm here, bro. It's postseason time. We gotta lock in. But um, Dylan Brooks been popping off at the mouth. Has so much dip that I don't even see a chip. There's just just dip all over it. It's just yeah. it's just a blob. He just, he just put right? his four fingers in the dip. Honestly, it seems like that's something that Dylan Brooks would do, but he just basically has a handful of dip and is just throwing it everywhere right now um, in the Grizzlies-Lakers series. Um, So I want to take a nuanced take on to just what's going on right now. He basically, they asked him a question, you know, you know somebody going to say something wild when they got the white sunglasses and the flannel with no shirt, you know it's about to go down. It's about to pop off. And somebody asked him about, LeBron James, and um, you know what was said after a, a fadeaway jumper where LeBron got in, his, got, uh, in Dylan Brooks's face, and Dylan Brooks's response was after you know they tied this after the Grizzlies tied the series no less after being down 0-1 at home, um, and he says I don't care what LeBron says he's old, and this is a one one series going back to Los Angeles, Raja. Um, whether, you know, I know that, you know, we, we've talked about this in previous times, but at least you are known outwardly as, you know, a player, uh, provocateur in your day, may have provoked a player a time or two. Um, what do you think about what's, how Dylan Brooks has gone about? We've talked about him at nauseum on this podcast, but what do you think about him in this context 
going at a LeBron James in this moment when I don't know if this team is going to be able to back it up. And I don't even know how they've backed it up so far um, in this series. And what's the future lie with Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies? This is this is an interesting topic for me because there are parallels, right, to be drawn from from Dylan Brooks' situation right now, and then my situation with with Kobe. If you cared to look beyond the surface, they're they're vastly different. Like Kobe's in mind was more physical, um, and we we too had a back and forth through the media, but uh, never did I get into disrespecting what he could do on the court or his game or. Or anything like that. Ours was more personal, if you could dig what I'm saying. This one, while personal, um, you're attacking this man's ability to do what he's done for a, an entire career, putting himself in the in the conversation or the debate for greatest of all time. So, like, there are some there are some real differences. And so, I, I would I would just start there and then pivot to um, I can understand the the need for Dylan Brooks, who's tasked with going out there and being this emotional kind of spark plug for his team. I can understand the, the primary defender at times on some of the best players on the other team. I could understand the need for this level of you ain't that nice, like disrespect that I've built up in my head towards you because Logan, you don't go out there and, and have any success guarding the greatest players on the planet, having any fear of them. They are like sharks dogs, bees, whatever, whatever old, you know, wives tale there is about like smelling blood with some of those animals. Although I know sharks smell blood, but, but sensing fear, I guess like they, they can tell. And so if you are out there faking that you're not shook, they read right through that, you know? So you have to convince yourself and take the mindset of he ain't shit. Like he's a man just like me. We put our pants on, you know, one leg at a time the same way. We both believe. And I understand that, um, you know, but there also has to be a grip on on reality when it's all said and done about, you know, who you're, you're talking about, who you're talking to, what they mean to the game, what they're capable of versus what you are in, in fact capable of. And I think he kind of crossed the line a little bit in that post game with, with some of the attacks on LeBron's game. Now, I mean, LeBron is old. That's a fact. In NBA years, LeBron is old. Now, perhaps the oldest star at this playing at this level of all time, which says a lot, and that's a compliment. Absolutely. And again, you're talking to one of the biggest LeBron fans out there. So this is throwing no shade at LeBron. I'm just categorically trying to go through what he said. Um, like Le- Le- LeBron is old in, M- in NBA terms. He hasn't hung 40 on Dylan Brooks yet. And he's saying that's his benchmark for for him having respect. That's where I disagree. Like that man's body of work is is worthy of the utmost respect. Just because he hasn't put it on you doesn't mean there isn't respect that you should have for that. And you really, I, I didn't like how greasy he took that interview. I understand saying, look, hey man, I don't have no fear of LeBron James. Like he puts his pants on just like me. I'm here to scrap. Like, let's get it. Let's get it popping. Like, that's all we can do. Right. If he gets the best of me, cool. If I get the best of him, bet we won tonight. Let's go back to LA. Like, I understand a kind of, a kind of matter of fact to the point interview trying to illustrate that you're not afraid, but he just went over the top and turned it into clown city. And I, you know, I, while I can tell you, I understand some of where he's coming from, like where he wound up. I don't support that. It seems like he isn't, it's not one of those things where 
you know, normally a person has to ask a question and you go back at him with the answer that you just gave, Roger, which is like, I'm not afraid of him. He's a great player. We move on. Feels like he's inviting controversy and he wants the attention for the sake of attention. And if you look at the overall context of this series, Lakers went up in there and beat him game one. Like, of course you had, like, the Lakers already won what, accomplished what they needed to accomplish in this series. And, and there's a world, you know, they made a run second in the, um, in the second game where shit, there's a world if they go back and win game two, right? Where you're, Put, sticking your chest out again. Here we go again with the Memphis Grizzlies. <laughs> They're sticking their chest out when they actually haven't done shit. Whenever you hear the Memphis Grizzlies, this has become a pattern. When you hear them talk shit and then you go come back 30,000 feet up, you see, well, what are you talking mess about? What are you, what are, what are we trying to accomplish Facts. here? Because you did not hold serve. Like your job no. was to get two weeks at home. <laughs> you, you, yeah, you're hanging on. Now, I mean, I guess. When you factor in they were missing jaw and the deck was stacked against them, even though newsflash, they're 34 and 17 without John ja Morant. Like they, I mean, they, you know what I mean? But I guess you could, you could, you could be living in that world where we overcame all, you know, obstacles, not having, you know, one of the best players in the league and stuff. But the reality is, and, and I support hundred percent what you're saying. Like you're, you're popping all of this shit with the white shades, shirt open, chain on, like, and all you did was not hurt, hold serve. All you did was give home court over to the Lakers. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Every single time this happens, Roger, it's, it's like it's overcompensation. And it's it's just, it's when you're in this position, though, say we're going to go to the Lakers' point of view on this. What is LeBron thinking? What is the, What are the Lakers thinking after this? How are they feeling going back into Los Angeles? Because they hear this. And also LeBron bucked back after a fadeaway late in that game. What is the response from the Los Angeles Lakers point of view and how did they come across and how should they play going into game three? Well, I don't think, I mean, it was interesting watching that, you know, after LeBron hit it, hit the little fade and Dylan Brooks shot him the little chicken wing in front of the bench. And then they both started talking like you rarely see LeBron in, engage and stuff like that. So you can tell that the, the Dylan Brooks character that he gets into I don't think it's shook LeBron, but it's 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 affected him. He's heard enough of it, you know? But I think when he goes back and they start preparing for game three, that's not going to be a concern of LeBron's. I think, you know, he's had to deal with stuff like that his whole career. And so while he might want to clap back a little bit, it's not in his best interest to do so. It's in the best interest to to uh to just go out there and 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 hoop. Now, what what gets lost in all of this, and I find this really interesting, is you know we kind of look at this through like the Lakers being the 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 big the big bad bully and Memphis being the underdog. It's weird how we kind of look at it and talk about the series like that. Memphis is the better team through, throughout the se- season. Like me- Memphis, is, you know, it's why they were in Memphis. Memphis has you know now now they're down some players, but Memphis is is regarded as the better team, at least record-wise, throughout the course of the season, really over the last couple of seasons. And so what the Lakers need to do is get that mindset back. Like, we are the underdogs. Like, they came in in game one because they did not come out in game two like that. They came out in game two like, we are the quote-unquote Lakers. Like, we're here to handle this business because the name on our jersey says so, and because you're afraid of it, you're going to let us have it. Mm -hmm. And that's not what Memphis was on last night. And and so the Lakers have to find a way to get back to that. Like, yo, fuck that. We are we are in fact the underdogs. 
and have that chip on their shoulder? I think that they will go into game three. I think one of, it's also one of those things, and I think that's why I pre- I'm going to pat myself on the back here. Mm. So I predicted that the Grizzlies to to win game two because it was just a desperation thing. There was under no circumstances were the Lakers going to match the Grizzlies' desperation going into game two, right? They, they couldn't. There was no way that they could do that. Basically, your season's on the line, and there's no way you could come back from losing two straight home games to start a series. And so what I would have liked is, and this is something that, you know, maybe I would have liked from Dylan Brooks and the rest of the Grizzlies is, nah, man, leave no doubt. Beat the brakes off of the Lakers and sent a message. I don't know if they necessarily sent a message. They basically just survived game two. And that's the biggest thing that I, that I've seen from this is like, they came to a good lead. Um, and then the, the Lakers made a run to come back and the Grizzlies held on, right? They're still in my mind on their heels in the series, especially after that game one where the Lakers went and systematically beat them. Now they're going back to Los Angeles. We've seen what can happen to the Grizzlies when they go to LA, especially we talk about the Shannon Sharp game where this is a team, and you've seen this. We just saw it last night with Dylan Brooks. This is a team that can get easily distracted, right, with outside noise that they create and yeah. also that the postseason creates. So I'm curious to see what the what the Memphis Grizzlies do on a home floor where they have – or on, a, on, a, uh, on the Lakers' home floor where there's – you know, Shannon Sharp's going to be there. There's going to be so many people talking to them on the sideline. <laughs> Dylan Brooks is so easily distracted. There was a game earlier this season where even in the Shannon Sharp game, what happened? The Grizzlies ended up losing because their head wasn't in the game. Right. This is something that's continual. And I just think at this point, the Grizzlies are just holding on and seeing what happens. And I don't I don't see anything much more than that from this team based on what they've been doing over the, the wolf tickets they've been serving over the last few weeks. I mean, that's a that's that's fair for you to have that opinion. I don't have to echo those sentiments necessarily because I would I live in a world where they were beating the brakes off of the Lakers without one of the best players on the planet. Um, and this is me playing devil's advocate to you. Like in game one, you got otherworldly performances from Rui Hachimori, from Austin Reeves to some degree. Um, and I'm not going to pencil those in for the rest of the series. So, you know, either, you know, again, like this is, this is the, this is the beauty of, of like perspective. Like I, you know, if I'm the Memphis Grizzlies, I'm like, look, man, they came out. They came out and beat us in game one. But like, that's not those performances aren't going to happen. We got a defensive strategy that's limiting attempts for for Anthony Davis. That 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 seems to be something that stymied AD and and definitely Darvin Ham. Like they can't figure out how to get that man enough attempts for him to be the the breadwinner offensively. Kudos to Memphis. And I talked about their strategy in game one, but they didn't get exposed on the glass the same way that they did in game one for employing that strategy. Number two, I think they like LeBron and part, part, part of Dylan Brooks, part of this gamesmanship is like, yo, let's get him all the way riled up. And cause I've referenced this before as, as a son, when I was on those Suns teams, we felt better. Like it was, it was going to be a longer night for me. And I was going to be subject to more criticism and clowning. If Kobe got his buckets on on a, a volume of shots, but we felt better as a team if Kobe shot those volumes of shots against me, trying to prove that I couldn't guard him. 
it set us mm. up better as a team to win. I think about that game six, and when you, I don't, you didn't play in game six, but I think about that game six right after the game you got suspended. Kobe goes for fifty something in an L. That's the Tim Thomas game that really hurt my heart. Right where you know that goes into overtime, Suns end up winning, but that was a thing. That was a Kobe-specific thing. You rile him up to make him score more and make him take away offense from the other guys. Right. So that's why it behooves LeBron not to play into that, like not to play into this, hey, I got to score 40 to prove to prove this this dude wrong. But again, in this world, Memphis is like, boom, we've got this sound strategy that the Lakers can't figure out how to get AD off. We got LeBron at a spot where he might feel like he's got to come out and, and try to get 40. And let's be frank, LeBron wasn't like going by people. Like LeBron, LeBron is not the same guy. He's he's still phenomenal, but he's he's not the same guy in an ISO one-on-one situation where where if you're shooting a volume of shots, you know, that that's what that's the best answer for your team. And we're not going to get those performances consistently from Reeves and Hachimori. And so we feel pretty good, even though we lost, you know, the home court advantage. Like we 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 feel pretty good in this scenario. So like I don't see it the same way you do, Logan. I don't know that I'm all the way team Memphis in the way I just like detailed their view. Um, and I don't know that I'm all the way team Lakers either. I think it's it's really interesting to see how these teams come out. I think Darvin Ham is going to be on full display in game three. He has to figure out like what they can do offensively to get Anthony Davis more involved. Anthony Davis, if you are the guy that everyone thinks you are, you know, when healthy, last night can't happen. I don't care if they're in this double team. I don't care. Like Kobe and, you know, Tim Duncan and, you know, Jack Garnett. Like Green. them dudes were doubled all the time and they still had a level. They still have to reach a benchmark. Like we still need 20, my guy. Can't be yeah. 14. We still need 22. Like, it don't have to be 35, but I got to have you in the 20s. And so, you know, I, it's going to be fascinating to see, you know, this little chess match, how they come out, what they're what they're going to do. I w- and, and, you know, the Lakers got to tighten up a little bit defensively. They look really lax at times last night. They were just giving away shots. There's one thing to go under on coverages and, and say, hey, we'll live with a, a pull-up jump shot behind the three contested. There's another thing to just be handing people shots. Mm-hmm. And they did that too too often last night. It's interesting right now, right? Because the it's interesting to, to to watch a team in the Lakers where LeBron is not the most important player on the team because he's not. Anthony Davis is the most important player on this iteration of the Los Angeles Lakers because you saw it over. It was a tale of two games, right? Where game one, AD was dominant. Right, just dominant on both ends of the floor was you know you really felt his presence on on the floor, and you know LeBron could be facilitator, he could score in spurts, but he doesn't have to be the guy. What do you what do you expect from Anthony Davis going into game two? I I hope, and I, I expect from a player of his caliber. Like my only reservation on on Ant was well, words two, it was health and mindset, and so I guess I would be a little worried, but I think from what he's shown coming down the stretch of this season that 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 I owe him a little bit more credit than I was giving him. And, and so in that light, I hope and I think that he will come out and just be really, really aggressive. Really aggressive. Like you're going to trust that what Darvin and company schemes up, I'm sure LeBron will have a hand in that when they go back and break down the film, how to spring him for looks. When you get it, let's be quick, let's be decisive, and let's be aggressive. Kind of in the... Kinda in, 
in the way that, you know, at the beginning of the Suns game the other night, Katie didn't look great. You know, Russ was denying him. Russ was coming from behind, blocking the shot. There was a turnover. Like, but you know what he kept doing? He kept getting that shit and getting to his spot and and pulling up. And he kept yep. catching it and trying to get to his spot and pulling up. And so just the mindset to be aggressive regardless of the outcome got him going. You know, it got him moving. And 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 then, you know, obviously D book was great. But the point is, that's the mindset that AD's got to come out with. Like, I'm not going to be denied. Just because you double me or send this soft double team, like, I'm going to be aggressive. And even if I wind up passing out of it, Logan, I'm not going to pass off of my heels where you don't have to commit to the full double team. Like, I'm coming, I'm, I, and then I'm going to beat up that offensive glass. Like, if I can't beat this double team um, when the ball's in my hand, when one of my teammates shoots it, you're not doubling me on a box out. Right. You can't double me. You're not doubling me on the box out. So like I'm going to get this. I'm going to just impose myself, you know, physically on this game. And I want to be clear, like Rui had 20 again last game. I'm not saying that he hasn't been playing great. He's been fantastic. But the cons- you need the if if AD's not going to be playing to AD regular season level, not only do you need Rui and we had 20 versus 29, that's a nine point difference. But you need Rui and you need, you know, Austin and you need like a combination of D-Lo and shorter. Like there's a lot that you need in support of that, that you just don't, you can't pencil in as being consistent from a Lakers perspective every night. So therefore, you got to have AD and LeBron doing AD and LeBron things. That It's that time of year. And you need, um, to your point, uh, D'Angelo Russell, five points, three turnovers, two of 11 from the field. Too much ball holding for them last night, man. Yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was oh. the... It was the Memphis Grizzlies from game one where we talked about Ja just holding the ball and, you know, all eyes locking in on him and no movement off the ball. And now no one else can really get involved. The Lakers are loaded. That's what, you know, LeBron was, LeBron had an assist last night in the game. I don't know if you saw it where, you know, he caught it. They had tried to ISO him like four or five straight possessions. And he was down there on the mid block and he banged Dylan, like, and he, and he, you know, banged him. And then he went to like spin fade. And, you know, Jaron Jackson came from the baseline and he hit, was it, was it Vanderbilt on a cut for, for, for a late, it was a phenomenal read and setup. But aside from a couple plays like that, there wasn't much going on with them offensively late in that game. It was a lot of just come down, dump it in, see if he can get a bucket, you know, and that gets really stagnant and it's not in, it's not overall healthy for your team's offense and players like D'Lo, Austin Reeves and and the supporting cast to be standing around watching that. I know that because I live that. Like it's really hard when you just standing there watching somebody. Even though LeBron can make the right play, you saw him kick one out. A phenomenal skip. I thought it was going to get stolen to D'Lo across court in front of the bench, and D'Lo mm-hmm. had a wide open look at the three, and he just, you know, I'm just not in rhythm, my boy. Like I, he missed it. I'm not in rhythm. It was a big shot. It's, it's like the James Harden syndrome, right? Where you just stand in the corner and you're like this with both hands up for stretches and stretches on in. Yeah, or like it's like you're in the center field, just waiting for a ball to come your way, right? Like, and it's Correct. gonna it's gonna be every thirty minutes where you know you might get a pass or a ball come your way. We'll see, man. Um, also, I'm looking at the stats right now. It's pretty hilarious. Dylan Brooks, twelve of twelve points, five of fourteen from the field, calling LeBron old. I mean, that is it, I, again. It's just hilarious. It is hilarious. It is borderline ridiculous, but. 
that like I, I saw a lot of people and I'm not defending Dylan Brooks. I'm just trying to, because I think it's absurd what he did. Like I don't support that in any way, shape or form calling that man. Like, like that's ridiculous, man. But you, first of all, his job is not LeBron's job. So all the people saying like, well, he only had 12. That's not his job. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's doing his job right now in them damn crazy ass glasses in front of that microphone like just trying to get under his skin and goading him in a way that he seems to take real pleasure in. I don't support it, but his job's not the same as LeBron's. For sure. Who do you think is going to win the game? Game three in Los Angeles. Man, I'm taking I don't the Lakers, know. by the way. I'm taking yeah. the Lakers, man. I don't know. I don't know I, what your schedule is. Do we do we ha- do we have a do we have a uh, who are in the standings of predictions? I don't know. We need to put that there. But I think I'm winning, Roger. I think you are too, because I've been terrible. If if recollection you know, serves me correctly. I don't, I can't even really remember who I picked, but I think that the Lakers, I think the Lakers will win game three. I'll just say this though. And I was listening and I heard this somewhere else. Um, I think Wendy said it this morning, friend of the show. Um, the schedule on this series changes to every other night. Um, after I think game three. So if it should get extended, this becomes four games and seven nights for LeBron and the Lakers, that is not good for them. No. And that's why letting game two and coming out, like you really didn't have any skin in the game, like you had already accomplished your goal. That's why it was even more of a, a travesty because you really, as, as as an older team with guys who are injury prone at this point, like you needed to get out of this series, if possible, as quick as possible. And now you, if you let it linger, it just gets harder and harder for those dudes to like, you saw them last night. They didn't look great last night for, yeah. for a while, you know, and that was off of a couple days. And so when it's going every other night, that's not, there's a world where that don't look. And like, here's another thing too. Like, it's not like, it's not like you're flying to the Bay or something. No, I'm talking about Memphis. the Lakers. It's not like you're flying to, to Portland or Salt Lake city. Memphis right. is damn near the East coast from out here, bro. It is hard to get to Memphis. Not for, you know, the Lakers. Cause they, go on uh they go on private but that is a toll it's probably like a three four hour flight going back and forth every other day it's tough so we'll see what happens if this thing extends the grizzlies have an advantage let's go around the league really quickly um before we get to the next segment uh bucks heat bucks cruise past the heat without Giannis in game two chris middleton game uh, 16 points, 7 to 6, 6 rebounds. Drew Holiday game, 24 points, 11 assists. It was everybody's game. It was a great game. They, they, no, the I mean, for, for the Bucks, it was an everybody game, <laughs> and they all went. I mean, everybody was, everybody had a, everybody was getting it popping, man. It's interesting just to see, you know, it's it's a big win for the Bucks, just for the simple fact, obviously, you know, you do it without Giannis, but it shows their depth. It shows how what they can do in this way. What a championship level type win to do that without your best player, especially a guy like we know how stars are. Um, but I think we always talk about this. Giannis takes on a responsibility um, on his team that's mm-hmm. probably the, a bigger load than most stars of his caliber in the league. I mean, it, it is one guy. It's not like, you know, you talk about Embiid who has a number two, who has a good. No, it's, it's, it's Giannis. And then the, the gap between Giannis and the number two. Is pretty great. So for his team and his supporting cast to win a playoff game without him speaks volumes. Well, it does speak volumes, um, but I I would push back just a little bit because I think Drew Holiday is a bona fide number two. Mm. 
So, I mean, he might not do it in the same offensive way every night that that flashes number two, number two in neon lights, but he is a number two. So, like, you know, LeBron, mm-hmm. and that's not taking anything away from Giannis, clearly, but but um, I, I do think he has healthy support there. But they are super deep in a game like that, you know, getting getting Joe Ingles, you know, off a little bit, getting Patty Connaughton off a little bit. Like, it provides, you know, just just maybe – you know enough enough touch and enough feel for some of those supporting casts to step up in a way when Le, when when Giannis is there that that gets you to where you want to go if you're the Bucks. I mean, been a very entertaining one one series. Um, going back to Miami, it's gonna be a fun one. Who you got going into uh, into Game Three? I'm gonna take the Bucks in Game Three. I think they I think they're the type of team, and Giannis will be back. Hopefully, they got that mindset where they want to flip this thing back and and get the home court back. So I'll take the Bucks in Game Three. I'm going to just, you know, I'm going to just, I don't like agreeing with you. So I'm going to go with the Miami Heat for game three. You're going to fade, you like gonna fade me out of spite, bro? Okay. I'm going to fade you out of spite. Like and I'm going to take your, your whole area. That's I'm a gonna, me I'm move. I'm going with Miami. <laughs> I'm, I'm missing Miami right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Let's go to Timberwolves Nuggets, um, which has been, it's been a, it's been a fun. Yeah. Let's just be real. Have you, how much, how much of this series have you watched? It would have been your impression of the series. Um, I watched none of game one. I watched none. I mean, I, I, it was very early. I mean, I watched maybe the first, I didn't, I watched very little of that game. I couldn't even claim it. I watched last night though. What did you think? I watched last night. I, I was, you know, uh, Minnesota was game. Um, and Edwards was out there doing, d- doing really cool things to watch. If you're a, if you're a T-Wolves fan for the future, like, you know, Mike Conley was, was tapped in with that lefty kind of running scoop high off the glass. Like he was, he looked good. Like there were some bright spots, but ultimately, you know, Denver is a better, more well-rounded team with more pieces, you know? And I always say this, like come down late in the game, Denver just made more plays. Like Jamal Murray was just cooking. When Jamal Murray is playing like bubble Jamal Murray to Jokic's MVP Jokic, they're a, they're a problem. And then you add the pieces that they have around them, uh, Michael Porter, Bruce Brown, um, Aaron Gordon, like they're, they're, they're tough. I'm looking at the stat sheet right now. 41 points from Anthony Edwards, just the guy. And then I see Carl Towns, 10 points, three of 12 from, from the field. Um, just this typically happens with the Timberwolves in the postseason. And just yet another bit more credence to the fact that let's just build around Anthony Edwards, ladies and gentlemen. Just let's do it. He's that guy. He's that dude. Yeah, he is that dude. And but notice, I did not say his his name. Like um, he had some big plays down the stretch too. Don't get me wrong, but it wasn't as consistent as 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 um, you know, as Jamal. You know what I mean? Like he was hitting some shots, and then he missed a couple. And that's just the way it goes, right? Like I make a few more. We both have forty one, but I make a few more down the stretch. My team's going to win. Notice, I didn't say Carl Anthony Towns when I was talking about Memphis. He, I mean, not Memphis, but Minnesota. You can have a bad game. Um, you know, stars typically don't have too many in the playoffs, like real build around stars don't, but the crying, bro, like I can't, I don't like that. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, yo, have your bad game. Don't, don't be good. That's fine. But don't be out there crying too. Like every time something's going on, like, I don't, I don't love that. Look, if you are that dude, if you are especially, no, no, I didn't even, if you're that dude, especially if you're that dude, we can't have that, man. We can't do it. Um, I'm not even going to, I'm just going to say that the, the Nuggets are going to win the series. There's no more that I, I really need to say about this series. Let's take a quick break. And um, I want to talk more about crying, Roger Bell. 
This episode is supported by State Farm. Man, I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. The NBA playoffs are here and you can turn crossovers into cash with FanDuel. Just visit FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA right now and place a $5 bet and you'll get an instant $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. I like FanDuel app because I got great promotions every day. It's a safe and secure app and I get my bread instantly. I don't have to wait around for it. Like So tonight in the Philly-Brooklyn matchup, I'm going to take Philly laying the four and a half. I'll take Philly to cover. And in the Golden State sack game, it's been a track meet so far. The over-under is 240 and a half points. And I'm going to take the over because I think they'll be getting it up in Chase Center. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Just go to FanDuel.com slash RingerNBA and sign up to get $150 in bonus bets when you bet your first five bucks. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hope is here. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts. Call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's in New York. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG. That's in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. That's Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. That's in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana or visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. And we are back. Raja, um, we haven't been able to talk much. We're going to preview Game 3, Warriors-Kings, really quickly. It's been a, it's been a really eventful uh, time in the group chat on this series. We have not brought it to the pod yet. Oof. But, Raja, Kings go up 2-0, all right? Um, pretty impressive two wins from the Sacramento Kings, i got to admit. Impressive from the team, impressive from... Um, the fans, I guess 90% of the fans, you still, you know, pushed out E40. Come on now. Like, come on. 
let's let's get, get your shit together golden one but the story of this all is the suspension of one draymond green um for stepping stomping on demontis sabonis late in game two as the warriors were making a run i have thoughts on this i know raja has thoughts on this what do you think of the suspension raja and what does this say about where we're as a league? And also, what do you think of the Kings' response to said suspension? Because the Kings, right after the suspension was was announced, they made an announcement of their own, Raja, that DeMontis Sabonis is questionable because of a, a, a sternum contusion. And they put that release right after the suspension. <laughs> Um, <laughs> what do you think of this whole thing, Roger? That where we're at right now with this, with this, this series. I'm kind of enjoying. I'm kind of enjoying the shit show that is this series. I'm enjoying it in a way that I didn't really enjoy the the Dylan Brooks of it all last night. But but because this there's one, a lot of comparables. There's a lot of comp- comparisons to both of these series right now. But he had to be suspended. I mean, I, I you know I don't know if people out there listening would have predicted that I'd say something different. But you got to suspend him. You know, like. You, I know you it tried, hurts you to you say tried that, to, though. It does not hurt me. Like you, you stumped when I when I did what I did with Kobe. I didn't lobby to not be suspended. Like I tell my kids this all the time. Now I tell them, hey, there might be a time in 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 your life and in your world where something happens, and you gonna have to stand up and physically handle your business in a manner that the repercussions are going to be suspension or something like that, and you just gotta you know, determine whether or not it's worth it or not. Like it now to the outside world, they might be like, that's crazy. That ain't worth it, but it might to you be worth it. And if you can articulate that to me, like we, we have that conversation. Cause I understand that. I understand like, yo dog, like I had to do this shit and I know I'm getting suspended. I got it. You know, I can say it might've been dumb to do after the fact, but I felt like I had to do it. I'm not saying Draymond had to do that or he felt like he had to do that. I tend to think that Draymond just kind of, fried out in that moment and tried to stomp a hole in buddy's chest but you had to suspend him nonetheless the same way that when i got suspended i knew yeah i got it you got to suspend me for that i understand um i i would just and i and i I know it's been covered but i would also say that when you are grabbing someone's leg like what happens in the world where draymond tries to run his leg is wrapped up by demontis sabonis and he falls down and separates a shoulder or something like that or breaks his clavicle because he got tackled. Because essentially, like, if, you know, that that's what can happen there, you know? And and we, as a league, do all kind of precautionary um, flagrant fouling and intent not having to, I mean, you know, the end result not having to matter, you know, it's you put someone in a precarious situation and it was dangerous, not a basketball play. I mean, that, that I think that qualifies, you know, you wrap, yeah. you wrap somebody's leg up, though. You try to tackle them, and he stomped you in the chest. Now, yeah, Draymond Green's got to be suspended. I'm not supporting it at all. But I'm just saying, it doesn't feel like people are really understanding what DeMontis was down there trying to do. You tried to tackle someone on a basketball court. Another thing on the DeMontis front that I've just been gathering, and this is not, and I don't know, I think, you know, the Kings are in prime position to win this series, right? They 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 should win this series, based on what they've just done. And, you know, Jordan Poole's ankle is messed up. Um, the, the the Warriors are battered. Um, 
they look old. At they look old. At, at large, they look really old. They, they don't old. look like they have the legs. The Kings should beat them in this series. But there is an observation that I have on Sabonis and, by extension, the rest of the Kings. Before that that situation happened with Draymond, the Warriors were gathering that Sabonis at stretches was being a very soft. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, and you know, when I'm talking about him laying on the floor for stretches of time, right? Or even the thing that he did with, with Draymond and holding his leg. And, uh, you know, a lot of things that he did down the stretch of that game too. I think the Warriors and whoever plays the Kings next, should they advance, they are going to target Sabonis. Because Sabonis is the guy that at least the reputationally is, he acts hard when he, you know, during the start of games. And if you rough him up, it is going to affect his game down the stretch of games. And I think in a lot of plays, if you look down the stretch, it did affect him, the physicality of the series um, as the game wore on. And I'm curious to see what the Warriors do in game three with that, with what he did in game two. I'm curious to see what they do with that information and the thing. Do they continue to try to rough him up and kick his ass down the stretch to see if that wears him down? But it, it looks like that has had an effect on him. The fact that guys have roughed him up, guys have gotten in his face, and guys have done things. I do wonder, Raja, what that means for both how the Warriors um, approach him and also how teams approach the Kings going forward. If you're physical with them, how are they going to respond to that that physicality as the playoffs wear on? I mean, yeah, that, that I mean, look, strategizing, you know, against against uh, the Kings especially is going to be very hard because I talked about, you know, the pace being that 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 neutralizer. There's something you can't factor for and critical at the same time because you got to have a sound strategy when you're playing a team that's as, you know, in a world of fast paced basketball, they're even, you know, they're even more unique than all the other teams doing it. Right. And so you know, having the answer to that or thinking that you have the answer or the formula for what's going to be successful against that's important. Here's the deal about the the Golden State Warriors as it pertains to that. Kevon Looney has been a problem for him around the basket, right? The, 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 Sabonis has a lot of things working for him. He don't have no lift, mm-hmm. right? Like, so that length and, and Kevon's a big body and those long arms, like, and being vertical has, has been difficult at times for Sabonis to manage around the basket. And so, yeah, like defensively, I imagine you keep trying to do what you've done to him, but they don't, they don't have anything that they can do to him offensively, Golden State, that is. Like, Kevon Looney's not, hey, give him the ball, let him, let him go to work. Like, they're, you know, there's not, there's not a lot that you're going to be able to do physically down there to really, you know, go at him. Now, putting him out in more actions and making him chase and stuff like that would probably be what Golden State's answer to do more of would be like putting, you know, their, their, their least, uh, um, athletic in space capable person out there in space. But I just generally think you hit the nail on the head with the, and I was going to say it, Golden State just looks, they look, and I'm not calling them old. Mind you, I'm not, but they look old. That's what that pace will do to you. It will take a team that is, that is, that, you wouldn't ordinarily say, hey, man, they're not moving great, even though they're old, right? Like the, like Golden State is old. But they don't typically on night to night, when you watch Steph move, you don't say, hey, he looks old. Or Clay, right. they, don't, they don't look old. But when you put them against that particular team that's flying up and down the court with that pace, that's picking them up full court, that's challenging on every pass, every deflection, they're, they just got it popping on every level. 
it makes Golden State look old. And they're turning the ball over. They're doing really, you know, like, it makes them look old. And, yeah, the turnovers have been incredibly bad. Because, like, just, especially from Steph, who has not had a good series, this series. He's just legitimately, there are times where he is throwing it to the other team. They're speeding the Warriors up. And this is something that we talked about very early in the series. I think last episode, we were talking about how, um, you know, I was saying going into game two, yo, the, the Warriors are a veteran team. They know, they should be able to control pace. They have been playing at the Kings pace all series long, and they have been one step behind them every step of the way. Every time Malik Monk does Malik Monk things, love watching him play basketball, mm-hmm. by the way. Love watching him play. Um, they're just a step back, right? Or Darren Fox, as fast as he is, He's on a he's on a on a string at all times, or he hits a three to do these types of things, and it's been hard because the Warriors haven't been able to they've they've been able to get offense, but they've just been a step or two slow. Andrew Wiggins has played really really well during his time, right? He had twenty two points in thirty nine minutes in the last game, right? Before that, he had seventeen off the bench. That's what you would want as a Golden State Warrior, but I just don't know how much left they have in the tank. I'm going to the game tonight at Chase Center. It's just, it's tough. It's, it's, it's one of those things where I don't know if they have the legs to be able to win four straight to win this series. I think the Kings are just, are that good. And they, it's just a very, very bad matchup for the Warriors at this point. This is all it is. It's just a very bad matchup. It's not a great matchup. I, I, well, I guess I hedged my back, so I'm reluctant to pat myself on the back because I picked the Warriors. But if you remember, I said, there's a world... We talked about it last episode. You I said, always kick I, your ass with the devil's advocate. I, I do. I'm good here. at that. I'm good at that. Um, but yeah, they, they that pace is just that that pace is just tough. I mean, and you're you're talking about dudes like Kevin Herter that are coming in there, and you're gonna give me Steph. Like Steph's got to guard me. Okay, cool. Like I'm getting after him. Like you know what I'm making him. I'm making him guard in a way that he doesn't have to every night. Do you know what I mean? Like you're bringing Davion Mitchell, who's like, yo, my man, as soon as this shit comes in bounds, I'm not giving you a free dribble. You, you like, you better put your back to me. Not giving you a free dribble. Put your back to me immediately and flip it back to the inbound guy because like, this is not going to be easy. And so in a world where both teams are like, like they're playing eight, maybe nine guys, like an eight substantially. And then the ninth guy getting like five to eight minutes. Um, that youth is going to prevail, especially when you're running when you're in a track meet. We got other games that we need to preview. It's Clippers Suns. Yeah, that one. Mm. I'm I'm going to be wild here. I'm going to I'm going to pick the Kings to go up and chase and win the game. I'm here. I'm here. I just I I think that the I think that the Kings game will carry, and it's more so that I just don't think that the Warriors have the legs, bro. I don't. And this reminds me. This Kings team, ironically, reminds me of that. 0102 team that just cut the, the that 02 that team played a bit more defense. But the way that that 02 team was able to take control of a game and put their impose their will onto a basketball game, I see that with this King squad. And I think that might that's gonna carry a chase. And I'm gonna pick the, I'm gonna pick the Kings to go up 3-0. Oh man. I'm putting I'm ju- you in a just, bind, bud. And I've I'm just been wrong. I've just been wrong all over the place all the time. My heart says that the Kings will do it too, but and the only reason I'm doing this is because because I'm kicking myself for not having done it with Memphis. 
is there is a world, and let me let me tell you this world again, in which you are without Draymond Green. I'm telling you, nah. I mean, it's corny, it's cliche, but you know, the most dangerous animal is a wounded animal, man, backed up into the corner. And that's what Golden State is right now without Draymond. Um, they're wounded and Chase is Chase, they're really good at chasing. They're really good, right? Really good. Yeah. They've been bad on the road, really good in the Chase Center. And I'll just take it one step further as I try to convince myself to make this pick. Um, Sacramento is really young and new to this. And it would be yep. very easy <clears throat> to look at a Draymond-less team mm-hmm. that is down 0-2 and take it for granted and walk in there and just not be razor sharp. And that would be all, you would just need to be off that that little bit for Golden State to mess around and get you if they were if they had the emotion and stuff in chase. So I will take Golden State reluctantly. Um, I'm not hey, even going to hedge. I'm not even going to hedge. I'm just going to be wrong if good. I'm wrong. I'm going to take Golden State. I'm in, the, I'm in the Bay right now, and I'll tell you what, the energy with Golden one center kicking out E40 in game one, right? And then Draymond being kicked out in game two. The energy in the Bay is palpable. Shout out to my dog. Shout out to my dog, Unc the Hunk in North Oakland, who is, who okay. is, who is out here okay. out here doing the womp, 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 free Draymond, womp, womp, womp. Go on his page. He's out here. He's out okay. here mobbing, out here doing the rallying cry for everyone in the Bay Area. It has been... The energy in Chase is going to be insane. insane. It's going to be ridiculous. They should let E40 40 be there. 40's going to be there. 40 just dropped a video talking about how he's going to be there front row 40. It's going to be a movie. I'm even talking to myself. I'm doing a Raja thing where I'm talking to myself into the other pick, but I already made the pick. I already made the pick. Gotta Stay strong, bro. That has not, is not, it has not played out well for me this postseason. Um, they should let 40 do the anthem. And let me just say this. There would be I don't know these dudes makeup, but my mindset would be as as a as a as a Sacramento King. Do you know how cool it would be if we went in there and punched them in the mouth with all of this shit that you're talking right now, Logan? Mm-hmm. And they didn't yep. get to get any of that off because we just jumped on them. Like all of that shit that's been pent up and they're is ready to burst at the seams at Chase, and we come in there and hit them in the mouth, and they gotta hold all of that in and go home with it. You know how much? Here's the thing: as a Bay Area resident. President, I'm not even talking about team. You know how much it would hurt for the Bay, for Sacramento to sweep the Warriors, bro. You know how <laughs> you know how much that would kill the Bay's pride. You know how much that would, bro. You know, so, I don't know if you know the dynamic. I don't. Here. You I only don't. stayed for a little bit, bro. But like the Warriors and their fan base would never. It don't matter how many championships they win. If they get swept, they would never be able to live that down mm. ever, mm. ever. It's gonna be, be interesting, interesting, man. Yeah. It's gonna be interesting. Um, let's go to Clipper Suns. Which has been a, honestly among the most entertaining series, low yeah. key, in with a lot of different subplots in the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Um De- uh Devin Devin Booker was fantastic in game two. Was played his ass off. Um KD got it going after getting blocked a couple of times by Russ. Um, it's been a fun series all the way around for this uh, for this team. Kawhi, we got a Kawhi game in Game One, which Raja, it's I haven't seen Kawhi play in person in a long time. 
that was a treat. It was special. It was, it was just, it was really just, hey, get an OG the ball, put him on the block and just see what he does. And he going to take us home. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good feel for who is going to win game game three in Los Angeles because it's been such an evenly matched series. It's been a great series just to watch. I think this has the chance to go seven. Um, you know what? Especially, I don't. I also don't have a good feel for this series because the Clippers, you never know what you're going to get with them at home in general. You never know what kind of series. But I think, I think I'm going to go with the Clippers. Uh, for game three, I really love what Ty Lue has been doing uh, from a strategic standpoint. Right. And I think that'll serve in a, in a swing game in game three. But it's going to be a really, really fun game tonight. Who you got? I'm going to take Phoenix in game three. Um, D Book was great. I think that KD was really good, but not great. And I think that he is, he is prime for a game where where he gets all the way in his bag. You know what I mean? Like, that's the beauty of having two guys that can do that. Quite frankly, you know, the Clippers, obviously, without Paul George, you're relying so heavily on on Kawhi to be Kawhi from game one. And if he's fractionally off of that, it swings your ability to win a game in a way, you know, that, that you can't overcome. So I think that D-Book will still play well, but I think you're going to get a game from Kevin Durant, right? Three games into this. Um Monty and them made some adjustments defensively. I thought they were good last game. Uh, you know, specifically on on Kawhi. And I don't know that Russ is is 28 a game, you know. Now T Lou has to go back to the drawing board. You need more out of Norman Powell in the absence of uh yep. of Paul George. We got to find a way to get him going and get some point production. Uh, um I think it could be another good game. See, this is a stylistic, like this is a stylist, this is a matchup that like normally, and everyone loves the Suns, and I love the Suns, obviously, but They've got this top heavy, all this firepower, but sometimes the style, you know, and the matchup is weird. And this is one of those weird matchups. Even without Paul George, there's something about that Clipper team that's a that's that's weird. And, you know, minus the depth that Phoenix is accustomed to having, at least, you know, in, in recent past, it makes it even that much more difficult. I do think, however, Phoenix wins tonight. I think you get a really good game from from Kevin Durant. I think D Book is still playing well. And I, I think they take game three on the road we'll see the one other thing about the suns is they're still very much figuring out each other's games especially you know after that um after the midseason trade we've all gone through that but we've all seen that you know talked about this before just their adjustment with each other it's going to be interesting because like the clippers just have an edge to me just because they've been together longer they know what they're doing i know there was a big trade for uh for russ but he's been able to integrate more than KD has just because he's played more games down the stretch, sure. right? And that's just going to be an interesting subplot. Uh, we'll see what happens. Also, Chris Paul for the Suns has to be consistent. He was really good in game two, had some big shots. But game one, he was it was it was a tough game, tough out for him. He is going to have to be consistent because he is the X factor for that Suns team. We know Book can get buckets. We know Kevin can get buckets. But we just we we need to see Chris Paul be a little bit more efficient and just guide it guide the team a bit more. I, I agree with you, Chris Paul. You got to get up more in game one. He had eight shots for set. Like we got to get him more involved than in that, even though he's not your primary breadwinner. And KD's just been hovering around what 25, 27. I think he's he's due for for a big one. We'll see what happens. Um, there's one more game on the docket, but it is Nets Sixers. I already know what our pick is. 
Sixers to win the series. I mean, it is what it is. We say this every time. Um, seeing that's been a tough year for you guys. Shout out Mikael Bridges. But I mean, they're they're here Shout to scrap. Shout out Cam Johnson, bro. You see, he he he, he yeah. was banging on. They just don't. They just, it's a talent disparity. It is what it is. It's not, it's not no shade on anyone. It is what right. it is. And lightweight. We we did this a long time ago, and I don't mean to bring and open up old wounds, but when we were arguing over like, you know, what happened there and how they were able to do it, this this was, and everyone was saying, including you, to me, that all oh, they're able to take a team that doesn't have, you know, the stardom and get it to a level and play, and that's you know they're able to do that. And I was like, yeah, bet, yes, they have, they've navigated that. It's the championship building, you know. Uh, arena that they haven't necessarily shined in, and you know, you know where you are right now. Where you at, Rob? Where we at, Rob? You're right in that wheelhouse where everybody told me the front office was great at at being in. How's how's that feel? I mean, here's the okay. All right, let me no, I mean, I like them you. and their game, and they no, play I'm hard. Push it and, back on you, but I'm gonna I'm gonna let I'm gonna let you do that. But like the reality is, their game, they play hard. They got some nice young pieces. Like I love what Jacques Vaughn's doing, but that ain't enough. That's not that's that's enough to get you into the playoffs in most years in in a in a play in scenario or a, a six to ten and you work your way in. But but having having stars, anybody looking to win a championship, what they got, Logan, like shit, I'm not fucking reinventing the wheel here. You're, you're not. But Roger, we, we even when I said that shit, I think you're forgetting one part. What? We agree. We 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 wound up at the same agreement point at the end. They're not a championship team. They're not. It's cool to be like that. And I, what I said though, what I said was, they. I said exactly what you just said just now. I no, I know, but like are, I guess I guess what we're arguing is whether or not like what's that? What's your what's your goal as a franchise? Like miss remember middle of the road, which is the worst place to be in the league. And some Brooklyn fans come at me, dog. So my bad. I took that shit out on you, dog. My bad. My bad. I can apologize like I'm big enough. But the reality is, while you may be good at navigating this particular landscape and positioning yourself like in this stratosphere, if that's your goal as a fan base, hey, congratulations. If that's not your goal as a fan base, then we got conversations to have. That, that's all fun and dandy, but you need to, you, like you said, Raja, you need championship players to win championships. And when championship players are there, you need to be prepared to deal with said championship players. Facts. That's always going to be there for that's always going to be there for the Brooklyn Nets um, as long as they they go and it's going to be interesting to see the next what happens next because they I know that we blame we blame Kevin for that demise we blame Kyrie for that demise but there's a lot of blame to be to be had for the Brooklyn Nets and how they handled it and how they fumbled the bag as well so. That's fair. It's a lot. To, it's a lot. The, the, the question with them, there's a lot of blame to go around for sure. And the question is, where do you where do you go from here? Good young nucleus, like some good players in return. Um, where you got? Where you going? Can we build it? And that remains to be seen. Right. That's fair. Which takes us to our Thursday segment. We're one of the week. Um, I got a little sentimental one, Roger, so you can mm-hmm. go first. You know, I know you hate when I do the sentimental ones and then I go right to you and you're like, well, damn. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to let you cook and then I'm going to do my little stuff. My real one of the week is uh, the Sacramento Kings. I don't think we've done, is this the first time winner of the Sacramento Kings is real yeah, of the week? Absolutely, man. Okay. Um, as a 
as a franchise from where you came from. I mean, this couldn't have been more than four years ago. Um, a, 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 a town, you know, figuring out how to get that beautiful new building and, and get that tightened up so you're up to par um, and, and leading the pack in some categories, like the atmosphere that, that they foster there as a fan base when they're good and they're relevant and they're in the playoffs. It's electric. It was one of my favorite places to play, even in the old Arco. And for what, like we always talk about, are they, do we believe their raps? Like they're living their raps right now. Like they are out there pushing tempo. Mike Brown is, it is a crazy transformation as an offensive coach, but I'm here for it. And they're just out there telling you, dog, like we, yes, we are like, we are like this. And so for that reason, at least through the first two games, real ones, Sacramento Kings, fan base, organization, players, town. Record label, staff, mother effing crew. Mm. Shout out to the Kings, man. Um, I'm going to actually build on your point. My my uh, real one of the week wasn't necessarily the Sacramento Kings, but it was a Sacramento legend um, who is one Martin McNeil um, or AKA Marty Mack, long time, um, long time beat writer for both the Kings and the Golden State Warriors. Um, he passed away during the pandemic, but this series got me thinking um, a lot about Marty Mack. Um, I don't know if you ever crossed paths with him, but he was a, he was always the guy that was, he was one of the first black beat writers that I ever seen um, in this business. And he was, he was straight out of New York. Um, he had the New York slang um, and he would always curse up a storm. He would always be <laughs> like, what's up, motherfucker? How you doing, motherfucker? Good. This is too, he would say that to like the GM Jeff Petrie. One of like he would be like, "What's up, Jeff? How you doing, motherfucker?" You know what I'm saying? Like, it just, it, it would, he would own that beat. He was so good. He was great. Um, and this series got me just thinking about him, man. Like, he was one of the first people to kind of take me under his wing and sack, um, along with you know Tony Harvey and Jason Jones and all them dudes. But Marty was the king of the Sacramento beat, um, longtime beat writer to sack beat, and he would have loved this series, rock. He would have loved it. He would have talked shit to everybody up in there. He would have he would have been a voice. He probably would have damn near been on his podcast if he was still a beat writer for the Kings because he just had that magnetic personality straight out of New York. I remember when I was uh when I was first interning up in SAC, he would always have a seat right behind the Kings bench. Um and that's where all the hitters would be, right? That's where all like mm-hmm. the big time beat writers would be. And I would always try to, uh, if there was always a seat open next to him, I'd always try to sit next to him um, just to get game and stuff. And I knew if I sat next to Marty Mack, if one of the PR people would come, he would tell him to chill out and I could sit wherever I wanted to sit. Quote, motherfucker. And so (laughs) shout out to Marty Mack for always holding it down. RIP to a real one. And uh, honestly, just a legend, bro. So shout out to him, uh, Marty Mack. RIP, man. Shout out to the fam, everybody. Marty Mizak is my um, is my real one of the week. Uh, just thinking about this series, thinking about him all week. So, shout out to him. That's what's um, up. We will see you guys next Monday, man. This is the postseason, postseason real ones. We ain't fucking around. You know the vibes. We'll see you guys Monday for our final snow talk of existence. Mm. We ain't forget about all our, uh, all the real ones who have been clamoring for that. I, don't spoil shit, Roger. I'm watching the last two 
on t- tomorrow night. All right. I'm going to cry. I'm going to have my tea. I'm going to be, I'm ready to go. Do not spoil it. We will talk about it on Monday. We'll see you guys then. Talk soon. Tap in. Holla. <laughs>